Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning and welcome to First Nazarene. Thank you for being here today. Uh, We're so glad that you have come uh, to worship with us. Uh, My name is Galen. I'm the pastor here. If you are new, uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I would love to do so. Get to know you and your story a little bit. Man, it has been fun and exciting for me in these days to see the amount of new people that we have coming to our church. So first of all, church, let me say thank you for inviting others to come with you. Uh, And if you have come and you are new around here, thank you for being here. I hope Uh, What you encounter isn't just uh, being pointed to Jesus, experiencing his new life, yes, all of those things, uh, but also the life of this community. These are good people that you are sitting next to, uh, well, most of you at least, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) These are good people, and I hope you uh, enjoy the life of this church through the people that are here. Uh, This series, Finding Light in the dark is what we'll be thinking about and journeying to and through as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Uh, The message of Christmas this year, that for a people who sit in darkness, that's what scripture says, have this cloud, this darkness of despair or worry or anxiety or stress or pressure, a chaotic life, this darkness, to those who sit in darkness, a light has shone. Scripture says, Jesus is the light of the world, is the light that has come into the world, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And we're excited to uh, share that on Christmas, and I hope you're already making plans to join us for our Christmas service. More than that, uh, to invite others to come with you during this time. So I wanted to just hear from me. I know the next few weeks can get a little bit confusing, so I want to just lay it out for you super plain and clear, uh, our schedule for the next few weeks. Next week, uh, come back, it'll be Finding Joy in the dark. We have a couple special things uh, planned. If you've found no joy in your life, come next week. It'll be a great day of celebration and smiling, finding joy, normal services. The week after that, December 18, so two weeks from today, um, we'll have in this service our children's Christmas program. So we're going to combine services, no 9 a.m. service that day, uh, and have our kids' Christmas program on that day. Here's why we're doing that. We wanted our entire church to be together, uh, to not have our 9 a.m. service miss it, uh, not only get both services together, but get all generations together so we can participate in the life of this community through our little kids uh, leading us as well. It's going to be a fun day, but only one service at that 1030. If you show up at 9, it'll be me and you and a couple staff. You can help us make coffee and get ready for the day. Uh, And then at Christmas week, so uh, we'll have three services on Christmas Eve. Uh, You can see the times there. And we'll have a same service that we're going to have on Christmas Eve earlier in the week on Wednesday evening. So some of you are like, I'm the one who hosts Christmas. I'm never going to come on Christmas Eve because I'm getting the house ready. Same service, come on Wednesday uh, the 21st, and you invite others to come to that too. When you leave today, little invite cards by the door. Grab them. Invite your uh, barista, your grocery store checkout person, your friend, your neighbor. Invite them to join us for Christmas. And then one more, in case that wasn't enough services for the next 21 days. 
days. On Christmas morning, so you have three services on Christmas Eve. What do you, wait, Christmas morning is a Sunday this year. What do you do? So we're gonna have one service here at 10.30. It's gonna be relaxed, it'll be a little different. Uh, families, if you wanna open presents at home and then come to church, like kids and PJs, I'm, I'm all for it. Adults and PJs, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, whatever. Um, we come one service at 10.30. We'll have a couple Christmas carols, a little devotional, all of us in the room, kids too. Uh, and then when we leave, we will leave to go be a blessing to our neighborhoods. Uh, we'll decorate cookies together in the lobby and then leave to go deliver them to our neighborhoods. So Christmas morning, 10.30 as well, if you want to come. So that's a lot, but you guys got it? Good? Okay, invite your friends, show up. It'll be great. Today, talking about finding peace in the dark. Uh, last week, if you missed it, it was finding hope. And especially if you find yourself at a place of a little bit of hopelessness, go back last week, watch the message, listen to it on the podcast. But this week, finding peace. Can I ask you today, where are you on a sliding scale of one to 10? Are you experiencing peace in your life? Earlier today, I was like, well, you know, Christmas is only 21 days away. And someone went, oh, oh no. So much shopping, so much to decorate, so much to prepare for, so much to do. And I was like, you are not having the peace of the Lord Jesus in your life right now, are you? Are you experiencing peace today? And what does peace look like for you? And here's what I would say. When our world, when your life, when your soul feels unsettled, you are meant to experience peace. Not the peace that you can conjure up yourself, but a peace that only God can bring. When I think of peace, I really think of it through two filters. The first is um, like every, uh, what is it, like Miss America pageant. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm struggling. I don't normally watch Miss America pageant. I don't even know where this is coming from. It's like, what do you want in the world? I want world peace, right? I think of the, some of you watch it, you know, you're, yeah, I see that. I want world peace. Peace as the absence of conflict. No world wars, nobody getting guns and going against another country and fighting. I want peace in the world on a larger scale. I would say we want peace in the land, peace around us, peace for the world. In the Bible, in the biblical story, and you're going in the Old Testament, really the kings of Israel, the one that they uh, had set up over them was supposed to be this uh, king, this prophet, this priest, but really as king, the one who brings about peace to the people. You know, today, I guess, you know, a president, commander-in-chief uh, throughout history at different times has said, come before the country, we are going to war. So we go to war. Or at the end, they come and announce, the war is over, there will now be peace. The king is supposed to bring peace. And this peace, again, is more than just the absence of conflict. So when we read the story, and you know, sometimes when we read the Christmas scriptures, we've heard them, they have images of mangers or children and costumes tied to them, and sometimes we miss the different things that it says. This is from Isaiah, a familiar one that we read normally around Christmas. The prophecy about Jesus being born way before he was born. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the biblical story, the king or the one that's in charge of the government is supposed to bring peace. 
And God looks down at his people and saying, you want peace in the land, even if your king can't bring it, if your king can't bring it, I will come myself. The government will be on my shoulders. Prince of peace. I will be the one in authority establishing peace. You know, this Advent season, this time of waiting for Christmas, honestly, I like preaching through it as a pastor because it gives us room to say, listen, I know not everything in the world today is as it should be. We're waiting and we're longing for Jesus to come again and bring the fulfillment of all things. I know there's times in your life where you feel hopeless. I know there's times in your life where you do not experience peace or joy or love, what we're exploring. And so we're saying, God, we need you to come back. Jesus, just as you have promised, I know one day you will come again and then peace will be established. I'm not under some delusion. I think we're gonna have world peace before Jesus returns again. But when he does, he will bring peace. But peace is not just the absence of conflict. Think of it this way. Some of you have teenagers, right? Um, Do they always just live at peace with one another inside your home? So when one of them gets aggravated or frustrated or annoyed and they just start yelling at each other and you don't even know what they're yelling about and you want peace in your house, so what do you do? You go to, the, so I, someone's getting blessed, I saw that. You go to your room and you go to your room and we're gonna stop fighting and peace enters your home. Does peace enter your home? Well, maybe for you a little bit, right? But is there peace between them? No. So peace is more than just the absence of conflict. Peace is something more. The Hebrew people, they had a word for this, and I'd love to teach it to you. Uh, The word is shalom. And it means peace. That's normally how we translate it. But it means so much more. Not just I wish that all goes well with you and that you don't fight with people, but instead I'm wishing for you and praying for you a state of wholeness, of completeness, of taking all the different complexities that are going on in your life and that they would be made right as they should. They would bring about prosperity and your welfare and tranquility, wholeness. It's more than just peace. What is broken is being made new and right. More than just the absence of conflict. This is the biblical idea of what God is doing. When God brings peace, it's not that we all just somehow get along, but it's all of this, the wholeness, the completeness of his kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. Jesus brings peace. So you, you hear the Christmas story, right? The angel shows up to the shepherds. Shepherds are out in their field at night, minding their own business, watching their sheep. The angel shows up, and what does the angel say? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. This child who is coming, who is going to bring peace, has now arrived. Peace on earth. As I thought about you here today, you know, it can be easy for us to sit in this room or any other room and say, you know, if we had world peace, well, those people on the other side of the world who are at war, they just need to get their stuff together, and we can get really critical because that really has nothing to do with us, it feels like. We can pray, but I can't really control them. So this morning, I wanted to personalize, maybe not in the world at large, but can I ask you, in your world, in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, is there peace? And what is your role as a follower of Jesus bringing about peace? Paul writes in Romans 12, there's a whole bunch of really practical things that are so good uh, for us as the church, and he says things like this. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And then he writes this line. He says this. 
if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I love this, because you can break it down. There's a couple different things. Is it possible? Well, I can't really control, you know, at Christmas, uh, the family will come home, and I know this person's got the issue with this person, and this person's got the issue with this person, and whoo, we're gonna all get around the same table, and I know, like, is it possible for you to make peace? Well, in some sense, no. You can't control other people, can you? Can you control what you can control? Yes, which is most of the time, you. So if at all possible, as far as it depends on you, can you live at peace? Now I want you to think about your world, your, your family, your workplace, your neighbors, the people you interact with. Is there any relationship where there is not peace between you? And maybe it's that person's fault. Is there anything on your side of it where you're withholding something, forgiveness, or you're passing judgment, or whatever it is, so you're not living at peace with that person? Today, in Paul's words, if it's possible, is it? If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, could you choose to live at peace? And again, not just the absence of conflict, but to begin to work for the betterment of the other person. Could you maybe mend or reconcile some relationship so that you may live at peace? He goes on, don't take revenge. No, leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine, I will avenge, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. And by doing so, you will heap burning coals on their head, is what he says. And then he says this, don't be overcome by evil. You got somebody in your family, somebody at your workplace that just shows up and picks a fight and it feels evil. Don't be overcome by evil and don't repay evil for evil. Instead, overcome evil with good, is what it says. Live at peace, choose peace, choose goodness in your relationships. And God blesses you if you do. You remember the Beatitudes, blessed are the, blessed are the, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who work for peace in the world. They will be called children of God. So on a, a global level, external, we long for peace to come. In one sense, that will never come until Jesus comes again. In our world, again, external, we long for peace. God, could you bring peace between me and my family, my, my neighbors, my work? I want to live in peace with others in my world, again, external. But today, if I could zoom in a little bit more and just ask you personally, are you at peace with yourself? You know, if I go by you, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. Okay. Now picture, you know, hopefully you, know, you have a friend. If you have no friend, then just picture, imagine for a moment. You've been friends with someone for 10 years, and they know you super well, inside and out, and it was just you and them, and they asked you today, how you doing? How would you answer? Or maybe even just to remove another level, but you don't feel like you have to put on any show for anybody else. Just personally, internally today, how are you? Are you nervous? Are you anxious? And are you angry or frustrated about something? What is the state of your soul today? Are you apathetic, feeling fake? If I had to ask you, you know, is your soul the picture of quiet waters and green meadows and stillness and beauty? You would laugh at me. See, my life is an internal, chaotic, frenzied mess. We, as individuals, need peace. Not just in the external, but in the internal too. We need peace 
with ourselves. Yet I think when we think of peace, we go about it all the wrong way. So today let me ask you, where do you find peace? Where do you find peace? You know, on Monday morning, uh, I sit down every Monday morning, I re- kind of review the weekend, I go through uh, all the Connect cards, I pray for you and what you mention on there, and then I follow up with the people that are new. So you're on your Connect card and you say, hey, I'm new here today, you're gonna hear from me, uh, most of the time it's Monday, and I say, hey, thank you so much for joining us, I love that you're a part of the church, what questions do you have, I'd love to get to know you more. And then I sat down this last Monday and began to think, all right, this week I'm preaching, preaching on peace. And I, honestly, it was this beautiful moment. There was like nobody else in the office, super quiet. I look down, I got a hot cup of coffee, got my Bible open. I look out the window, the sunrise is coming up over the tree. I was like, ah, moments of peace. I love this. And then I go home for lunch. That day it was lunchtime, so I go home, I was gonna grab a sandwich. I walk in the door, and my wife, God bless her heart, I sound like I'm from the South when I say that, (laughs) bless her heart, is watching five children, five and under, at that moment. Some of them are mine, I guess, so like, yeah, but others are other kids. Five children, five and under, and I walk in, and it is chaos. And in all the best ways, like this kid's singing and laughing, this kid's twirling in a princess dress, this kid's eating, that one's just yelling from the other room, all good things, but I'm like, this is a lot. There's no peace here, this is crazy. I'm gonna silently eat my sandwich and just go back to work real fast. And so I'm like, yeah, there's no peace to be found. You know, I need really to get to a place of peace so I can preach on peace, whatever. Uh, I eat the sandwich, go to the bathroom, I come back out, my wife hands me the baby. I was like, I'm gonna go back to work. Can you hold the baby for a moment? I have kidney beans in my hair and I couldn't reach the kidney beans on the ceiling. Could you just wipe those off real fast? I'm like, how does this even happen? And she's gone by then. This is a place of peace. Some of you, you may not be in the stage with little kids anymore, but maybe it's your workplace, working 65 hours a week. Maybe a relationship has caused you such worry and frustration that it's all you ever think of, and you know your soul's not at peace. Whatever it is, you know you're wanting peace. So most of us long for a place of peace. Man, I wish I could put my toes in the sand, see the sun come up, sit on the beach, read a book, no kids, peace, right? We long for a place. Maybe it's not just quiet time by yourself. Maybe uh, sitting with someone you love and you trust. Here's what I'd say though today. Peace is not found in a static place. Honestly, if we're looking for those, what it reveals to me or my own kind of rhythms is that I'm not practicing Sabbath. Because God has given us a gift that once a week, don't work, stop your work. Everything you have is provided by God anyway. Instead, fill it with a full day of the things that you enjoy and that bring you true life that God has given to a gift with you anyway. That's where we experience that kind of short-term, I need a break, I need peace. But peace, long-term, is not found in any kind of static place. And secondly, today, not only is it found in any kind of static place, I would also say that peace isn't found from within yourself. And I feel that's a weird statement, but I feel like today in our philosophy, our cultural philosophy of like, you know, if you wanna know who you truly are, look inside yourself. If you wanna really find love, then look inside yourself. If you, if you want peace, you can bring it about, you just need to look deep enough and, and bring it out. But I don't know about you and your own experience, and yeah, maybe for a moment, but nothing long-term 
or lasting. It's not something that comes from us. In fact, if you just type in Google Google, uh, and you type the phrase, how do I find Peace is one of the first things that pops up, which means people are actually typing that in. And you look at what Google suggests, these are all great things, sure, go and do them. And they help for a moment. But you cannot be the producer of peace for yourself. Peace is not found from within. I am convinced today, you will not find peace with yourself until you find peace with God. If we want peace for ourselves, it comes from God. Peace with God, you have peace with him, makes you at peace with yourself. And the angel shows up to uh, Zechariah, who's gonna be the father of John the Baptist. It's Jesus's crazy cousin. He lives out in the wilderness. He's wearing camel robes, eating locust and wild honey. Yet even the crazy man in the desert knows about life with God, so the people from the city are traveling out to go and see him. And he says, oh, the one who is coming into the world, the Messiah, the anointed one that we had heard of, the one who's bringing salvation, who will make the world right, he is coming, so repent of your sins. Get ready, he's coming. And ultimately he says, no, when he's here, now go and follow him. He is the one that is showing the way to hope and peace and love and joy and salvation. And his father, Zechariah, before all this happens, is filled with the Spirit and begins to prophesy, begins to speak about John's life and what it will be. And he says these beautiful words. John, you will tell God's people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light, Jesus, to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. John will be the one that says, no, 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 it's not me you should be following. I'm not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. You go and follow Jesus. He is the pathway to find peace. And and you can, okay, preacher, it's easy for you to say you won't experience peace if you don't experience God, but I, I view it practically like this. Scripture says, there is no peace for the wicked. First service, I actually almost read, there is no rest for the wicked. That's a different source for that one. There is no peace for the wicked. Really? Think of it this way. When I was a teenager, um, I lived very much one way in front of like my mom, my parents. Mom's like, you have to go to youth group. And I lived a certain way there. And I lived a very different way uh, with my friends. And I, my parents are gonna watch online later. I'm sure it's no shocker, you know, but sorry, I guess. Uh, here's what I noticed, even as a teenager. When I'm with these people, I can say this thing, and it's cool. When I'm with these people, I can't, or I get in trouble. If I do something here, I maybe get some short-term benefit or gain, but then I'm gonna have to hide it from this person over here. Yeah, I wanna mouth off and say whatever I wanna say about that person behind their back. Ooh, but I need to make sure that that never gets back to them over here. I think if you don't live life with God, you're always in a state of worry of will they find out? What do I need to hide from this person? What if they only knew about this? Now watch this, Jesus brings peace. When you turn to him, God forgive me of my sin, the way I've been living, the way I've chosen to live for myself, the way I'm compartmentalizing my life, choosing harm for myself and for others by doing these things. God, I'm sorry, I repent, I wanna turn from those things and turn to you. God forgive me, give me new life. 
Because the scripture says that God's Holy Spirit begins to come and live within us. So we don't change just on our own. God's Spirit helps us and brings about the kind of things that he wants to see from our life of love and joy and peace and patience. He begins to actually change and transform us. And here's the beautiful part. When God begins to do that in your life and you live your life for him, loving God and loving others, you'd be amazed at the peace it will bring you because you don't have to hide anything from anyone anymore. Begin to love, live for God. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not going to lie and worry about they find out because I don't lie anymore. I'm not going to steal or cheat from my company or I'm a partner and worry about if they're going to find out about it. No, because I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. I'm not going to do, ah. God brings an integrity, which that word in its root means a wholeness, a completeness like shalom. You can be the same person at all times. And yes, we will all fall at times. I'm, I'm well aware I do the same. God, forgive me, I'm coming back. Make me new, make me whole. Make me a person of integrity again. Then there is a peace. We're not hiding anymore. Instead, we find our peace through Jesus. So, if peace isn't found in a static state, if peace isn't found from within, where do I go? I would say peace is a person. Romans says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He has made peace, shalom, with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his blood on the cross. Because Jesus' death and resurrection, he is making the entire world new and whole and recreating what should be, what is good and beautiful and perfect and just. We find our peace in and through him. He, the person, is our peace. So we turn to him. Many of you may have seen this before, but in case you haven't, it's simple to remember. If you know no God, then you know no peace. But if you know God, then you know and experience his peace, or as Augustine said, O oh God, you have made us humanity for you, and our hearts will be restless until they find their rest in you. And it's as simple as turning to Jesus. The woman caught in adultery, Jesus says, my daughter, your sins are forgiven, so come and God forgive me my sins. Your sins are forgiven. What's he then say to her? Now go in peace. Some of us, we, we do things we're not proud of, we've sinned, we fall short, and we come to God, God, forgive me, and then we hold on to it, right? Oh, God, but, uh, man, I, I know I'm still a terrible person. I know I did that one thing. I know that, ah, uh, we hold on to this identity, and God is giving you a new one. He says, no, you are no longer that person. You're being made new. You are my son or my daughter with a new hope and a new future. You are no longer what you did. Mm. You are becoming who I will make you to be. So don't hold on to that past. Don't hold on to that identity. And instead, embrace his and then live in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Now go in peace. Ultimately, we look to Jesus for peace. He provides it where we can't find it anywhere else. John 14. I'm leaving you with a gift, Jesus says. Peace of mind and heart. Don't we all need that? And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Don't be troubled or afraid. How many of us in our longing for one more day off, for one more quiet moment, I just need a moment. We've looked for peace everywhere else, but maybe we haven't turned to Jesus yet. He says, no, the peace I give the world can't give. Here's the beautiful part. If the world can't give it, and Jesus gives us that peace, then the world can't take it away 
either. So even though your situation may change, you're in the midst of a dark time or a difficult time, and I don't know how I got here, and I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. Wait, but Jesus, you give a peace that the world can't bring. I don't just have peace because life is well. I have peace because you are with me. God Emmanuel, Jesus with me. He gives us peace. In fact, two chapters later, John 16, Jesus says, in this world, whew, disciples, some things are coming ahead for you. A day is coming where they will begin to kill you because of my name. They don't know God, they'll think they're doing God a favor. Look at Paul, if you know the story. But they don't know God and they don't know me. In this world, you will have trouble. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus gives us assurance, even in the midst of the difficulty, even in the midst of being slandered or persecuted, I've told you all these things so that you will have peace in me. So we turn to him. Today, if you want peace, it comes from knowing the Prince of Peace, who leads us along the pathway of peace, trusting and knowing that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us, as Romans said. So the embodiment of peace lives within us. Even as we walk through darkness or difficulty, we have a hope and a peace. God is bringing shalom, the restoration of all that has been broken, and he's making a beautifully tranquil wholeness, completeness in all of creation. This is the God we know and love, and because we know and love him, experience his peace. If we want peace in the land, we live at peace with one another. If we want peace with ourselves, make peace with God. Here's the prayers I'm praying this week, and you can copy them if you want to. God, bring peace in the land. I know peace won't come until Jesus comes back, so come, Lord Jesus, come. Bring peace. Oh, and then for me personally, in my life and how I live, God, as far as it depends on me, help me to live at peace with everybody. And then peace within. God, help me to know you and live for you. God, give me a peace that goes beyond my understanding and my circumstances. Would you pray with me today? God, in this moment, I am reminded of the words of Scripture that say, don't be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I know that you've made us and designed us for a relationship with you. You want to hear from us. Friend, wherever you are today, in the room, online, what makes you worried? What makes you anxious? What has a weight to your soul today that is weighing you down? Would you tell God right now? God, this is causing me worry, anxiety, it's a weight. God, could you bring peace to my life? The back half of that scripture says, so present yourself to God. By prayer, with thanksgiving, prayer and petition, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, the peace of Jesus, which transcends all of our understanding. We don't even, can't explain it, but we can experience it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. God, would you give us peace today in the world where there are wars, may they end, where the innocent and the helpless are being killed. God, would you bring peace here on earth as it is in heaven. God, would you bring peace in our lives, in our homes, as we think about Christmas, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. God, for these people, that are here today, desiring and trying their best to follow you, as far as it depends on us, 
Help us to live at peace with those we meet. Help us not to wake up and choose violence or frustration or anger, just being heard because we set our peace. No, God, help us to choose peace in all circumstances. And God, may we experience peace within. For the person who is here today that is not experiencing your peace because they know that they have been running from you, I pray that they would turn to you. I pray that they would know your peace that comes from when they make peace with you. And friend, if that's you here today, you know you've been running from God, you know you needed to live your life from God, you've known that you've needed to come home to him for a long time. Today, would you simply say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. Jesus, I want this peace that we're talking about. Jesus, I need new life. I need you to change me. I need you to rework my life, recreate me and recreate my future. Jesus, I need your new life. Forgive me of my sin and help me to live for you. God, as we turn to you, provide for us the peace that we cannot bring out ourselves. Give us the gift of peace that goes beyond our understanding and may we walk in it this week having a settled assurance that all will be right in the world because you are with us. We love you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.